Hey guys, Josh here. Just chiming in to let you know this is part one of a conversation Mel and I had with two very, very funny human beings, Luke Heggie and Dane Simpson. Part two will actually come later in the week, so it won't be too long. So if you really enjoy this episode, look out for that. Keep an ear out, keep an eye out. If you want to support the show, you can do that at punchingsideways.com. You can share the show from there or click on the buy me a coffee button. This is me and Mel speaking with Dane Simpson from Wagga, hysterical human, and Luke Heggie from Sydney, another hysterical human. Hello, Mel. Oh, thank you for being so gracious and welcoming me. Thank you for turning the light back on when you walked in. That was great. Oh, yeah. It's so... It's quite dark and ominous in here when the timer goes off. I still don't understand how this system works in here, guys. We're in we're in a studio that's in a, a big office building and we're only allowed two hours of power at a time. <laughs> it's probably a way f- to remind both of each other. You've probably had enough of the other person. Go home. Do you know what it actually reminds me of now that I've just said that out loud? Is night tennis when we used to have to use... <laughs> The coins, and if you uh, didn't put enough coins in, all of a sudden the lights would uh, go off and you'd be stuck in the dark and you had to let them cool down or go and, like, wait 10 or 15 minutes before you can start <laughs> putting coins in. Well, So, yeah, that's what it's like, guys. We get shut down and then we've got to go out and squirrel our way outside and find the light and the fuse and everything. It's quite dark ages for all this technology that you've got in here, Josh. Yeah, no, it's kind of annoying. It is. <laughs> I was actually worried getting on to our guests for today. I was get, I was actually worried that the lights had been on for ages before they came Luke, in. Dane yeah. and Eleanor all arrived. I'm like, oh, that's going to go off right in the middle of this and we've got more people in here than normal. And I probably was a little bit nervous about meeting Luke, I think, So just because he's a bit of a comedian's comedian type. He's, he's very dry, very funny, and I, to be honest just didn't have any expectation as per usual. With- yeah. So can we explain just quickly? We won't, yeah. we won't bog people yeah. down too much. We'll get to the guys in a sec. But I'd spoken to Eleanor, who basically is the one of the forces behind the Riverina Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and it's Dane's partner, and they work in tandem to make that whole whole thing happen. Yeah. And we said, I'd, I'd flippantly just said, oh, you bring Luke along if you want, expecting that not to happen. She's like, I think he's driving from where he lives. He probably won't get there in time. You'd gone out on an emergency run to buy me a cable 10 minutes before we were due to start, and then I get a message off Eleanor, oh, Luke's here, he'll come over if you want. (laughs) Like, he's coming. (laughs) Basically, I got to the door, and they were behind me, and then I realised, oh, this is happening. Yeah, it's happening. Put your no time for prep, Mel. This is, it's on. It's on. And it was it's a really fun interview and the reason that we're playing it now is because there's another comedy gig coming up at Beer Deluxe. Yeah, so they were in town for the December comedy mm-hmm. gig at Beer Deluxe and I'm on the lineup opening probably. <laughs> so it's, it's basically all about Josh. Yes. The reason that we've held on to this great interview is so that we can promote Josh yes. at Beer Deluxe's next gig. Which, which is... is with Ivan Aristaguerta, he's headlining. <laughs> Dane is emceeing once again, and Dane's mm-hmm. got a couple of new jokes that are amazing that he touched on last time. So I'm excited to see where they, they've gotten to in the last month. We've also got Luke Burney, who's from Canberra. Very funny one-liner. 
Cy Fay, I think it is. Sorry, Cy, if that's not how your last name's pronounced. Uh, he, I've seen him once at the Bended Elbow. He's got some real funny storytelling kind of jokes yeah. and also a local comedian. The person that got me up on stage first forced me up there, Jade Fitzgerald. So Cool. Cool so, lineup. That's Gen 22, 2021. I think this it, week. Yeah. Get it, get yourself a ticket, and you can come along and have a little bit of a looksy. But right now, yep. we want you to have a hearsay of Luke <laughs> Heggie, Dane Simpson, and um, a little bit of Chimer Eleanor yes. in the background. Yeah, she chimes in. Right, Mel. Let's do it. Okay, Mel. Welcome back. Was, well, we've got a few hey, special guests in the studio I today. I think this is the most people we've had in here. Is it safe? And that's just, well, it doesn't really matter now. <laughs> we're, not, we're not on video. We're 15 so. minutes past safe. <laughs> so we've got Dane Simpson. I've heard that before was, so many times. <laughs> he's one of the, well, he is a local. I, I consider Wagga local. I yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I'm the reason why it's not safe in here. Is that, is that where we're going? Oh, well, I've heard many people say you're 15 minutes past safe. So. <laughs> we were heading that so, way. And, and we have a surprise guest. I'm very surprised. Yeah. I didn't know how to act. He's super special. Super stoked. Luke super Heggie, safe. welcome. Thank, Thank you very so. much. Thanks for having me. He looks real impressed to be here. It's like, uh, it's like he's like, oh, well, okay. The impression I got I'm was that he opted to come here. There wasn't any coercion involved. So. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Not the first time. No, I just been, got told. Not the first time Luke Heggie's been described as super special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I was going to mention that. Uh, special, special used to mean something quite different when I was a kid. So, <laughs> take it easy. So, um, well, firstly, what brings you here to Albury-Wodonga at the moment? Oh, yeah. So we've got the Riverina Comedy Club happening uh, tonight or within a few hours Yeah, here in Albury. And then we're going to be over in Wagga Wagga tomorrow night, Saturday night. Yeah. it's. I, I think it's great that we get to do these shows where we've got awesome local talent, and particularly in Albury and, and Wagga Wagga, sharing the stage with... Somebody of the caliber of Luke Heggie. Oh like, man, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's no, it's no different. It's just, I don't know. I'm just in the city. Like, is that is that what makes you impressive that you live in the city? Is that how we gauge oh, things these days? I, I think I hope not, but yeah. I, I think feel like Australia's maybe. Got Talent makes you impressive. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of want to know myself, like, how do I become impressive? Is it do I just need to move to a metro area and? That's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. Or you could be a white bloke, just be born, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all I had to do. <laughs> it's been real easy since then. Yeah. So you're saying, Luke, that the threshold for getting a laugh has been pretty easy for you? Oh, yeah, I've not found out I've had to do any work at all. Just, uh, yeah, piece of cake. Well, it's a time. reason for optimism. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just rolls off his tongue, too. Yeah. Well, on the other side of the coin, yeah. how'd you go? Do, yeah. Did you did you just roll into privilege? Yeah, I had to, I had to work <laughs> hard. Or did you it. actually have to work? <laughs> we just starting little put out spot fires as they start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got some white in me, and yeah. I think uh, that's really gotten me over the over the line. With yeah. Um, yeah. so that's I've I've finally found a career. I think people I see that in you, and they let you do stuff as a result. <laughs> <laughs> I've also I've gotten away with it because I'm one of the good ones. So. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, what did um, that just became your self self entitlement attitude that you seem to have <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
That's what I'm oh, picking up. We've got Luke Hedge here and Belle Sledgy over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't re- sorry, Dane, I didn't realise she was going to go that hard. <laughs> yeah. So right. we talked about a second ago you mentioned that you're getting something across the line or Mel might have said that. You've also now done that with the comedy club. You've kind of been fixing that plane in midair for the last six months trying to get it yep. back up and happening in Albury and Wagga. Yeah. Was there ever a point where you thought this year that maybe it just wasn't going to happen in 2020? 100%. Like, I, I didn't even think that we were going to do our comedy club. Even the Civic Theatre, and I can't stress this enough, how the Wagga Wagga Civic Theatre have, have looked after us this, this year in particular and said to us, we want to open back up again, but we can't do it in that normal way. So they're a 500-seat theatre. They wanted to put 80 people in back when... We were just coming out of lockdown. Um, but they wanted to put on shows, but they can't put on shows in a 500-seat theatre that would fill 500 seats. They mm-hmm. could only put on these shows that had 100 people. And we roughly have 100 people come to the river in a comedy club when we're at that nightclub. But obviously at this nightclub we can't put – we could put 15 people top. So it's not viable. Yeah. yeah. So then we we had this chat and then even then the rules of of – the social distancing. Could you imagine 90 people in a 500-seat theatre sat far apart from each other and there's no front row? You had to be five metres away from the stage, like the first person. That's anti-comedy. Like oh, that is sucks. not going to work. Yeah, and yeah. it was – I'm like, nah, we can't do this. Like this, this just show won't work. Uh, and then I was talking to a few Sydney comedians – uh, and seeing if we could make it work, Tahir put his hand up and said, let's do it. Like, this will be – it'll be a bit of a challenge, but I think people want to come out. And Sorry, Dane, under the restrictions you just told us about? Yeah. He agreed to that? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. so that was at that point, yeah. And and that's that's crazy. And, like, he's he's such a – he's an amazing performer. He's such a nice fella. Like, he's – Tahir's an incredible uh, comedian. And loves a good challenge and just decided I'll come down to Wagga and, and do the show. Um, and we filled it. Like we, we, we sold those 90 seats so quickly. And then that was the beginning of us doing our shows again back. Uh, and then last month we just had, that was six months ago, I think, whenever it was, June, August was our first show. Uh, and then last month we had Randy come uh, and we sold out 250 seats. I mean, it feels half as good as the Aubrey show. It would have been amazing in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then we sold out the uh, the Aubrey show as well, um, which is a lot less because we are still doing it at our same venue. But yeah, I just I'm, I'm really loving that people are getting behind us, but also the comedians uh, are coming out and and to these regional towns and doing these. Just shows. I might put this one to Luke if that's all right. Yeah. When you hear a show described that way, Luke, having done comedy for such a long time at such a high level. What sort of things go through the comedian mind or just maybe an entertainer when you hear something like, I've got to be a minimum five metres away, people are going to be X amount of distance apart? Oh, man. You just, oh, no, I'm in the shit. You just take your medicine. You know, you just, I've done some horrible things this year. So have you, been, have you ever been through a show that had, for whatever other reason, any kind of circumstance that was like that? Yeah, for sure. Corporates. Yep. You've, got a, you've got a dance floor between you and the nearest person. Yeah. Nearest person, thirty minutes I'm assuming away. everyone's probably looking at There's, their boss oh, if man, they're allowed they're, to laugh or whatever. Yeah, that's best case scenario. Sometimes <laughs> they're sitting here eating a packet of chips or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 
so bad. Like 50 metres away, you hear someone go, on a soft drink bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> or, or even they just start serving the mains. Oh, yeah. Like halfway yeah. through. It can never be as bad as that because people are up for it. But, yeah, I did a few things in Sydney. Everyone was so keen to do stuff. And Zoom, which sucks. Everyone's like, oh, I'll do Zoom gigs and make comedy online. You can't. Comedy doesn't work from home. Doesn't work in... A lot of science goes into comedy. Yep. One little thing goes wrong. It's a comedian's fault somehow, but it's fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> it's generally the crowd's fault and the organiser. So do you think maybe, I'm assuming you, like Dane, have done some shows recently where it has worked even though there's increased restrictions. Are those shows standing out in your mind as maybe being special for any reason because they actually manage to, this could be for either of you guys, overcome the, the fact that we're on limited numbers and all that sort of stuff? Um, or are I, they still just a bit stressful? Yeah, I, was, I've, I mean, I've been doing a bunch in Sydney for the last sort of four or five months and they've not been great. Well, it's fine. I thought when we came back, everyone would just be, oh, say what you want, mate, go for it. But they're not. I think they've <laughs> sit apart and they've got more time to think about, oh, hang on, he said something I don't like. <laughs> I'm not having that. <laughs> Six months from I now, I'm going to heckle him about that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know what's happened, but it hasn't been it hasn't been ideal. But uh, when it first, like first couple of weeks coming out of lockdown, everyone was mad for it, loving it. Yeah, but no, that died off fairly quickly. Do you think <laughs> lockdown did. has made people more PC? Yes, somehow. Yes, <sighs> I don't know. It's not happened to me, but this is fascinating information. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But like, yeah, I am going to a lot of rooms where I'm the oldest there by double. Ah, uh, like there's you know, audience so there's and a lot comics. of vegans and. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, I don't know. People Veganism that, doesn't discriminate on age. <laughs> well, no. Do, You're saying that Sydney comedy is crunchy. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, the progressive thought process. Well, the, yeah. I where, know. you know, we, we have to be woke and sort of align ourselves with all these different causes because yeah. it reflects better on ourselves rather well, than yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's rife. So I'm just going to put, yeah. I'm just going to ask the question then, why would something like a lockdown have made people that way, do we think? Because obviously you're experiencing that, Luke. You're feeling that when you go out to do shows. Mm. And I don't know if that's a conversation you've had with other comedians or entertainers, but what do you think has made people that way? Is it because the whole thing became politicised? Uh, or is it... That's too much time in their heads. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I reckon so too. I reckon they're, they're, they're just sitting in, in their own brains and just going, oh, I... I dwelling I think, on things that might not yep. pique their interest normally, but they're just sitting around thinking about it all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to. Uh, I just think it's an interesting comment. Like, yeah. And I, just for anyone who's wondering, we do have an extra person in here, Eleanor. <laughs> just in case there's some chiming in the background. There is. Chimer yeah. Eleanor. Chimer Eleanor. Yeah, it's Thank usually Chimer Mel, but now it could be Chimer L. Yeah. Um, so, what was it originally? Like, we've all gone through. What was your headspace like when this actually happened? Was it like, oh, like I know I struggled heavily with being like confined mm. did it alter your comedy at all is your material changed throughout it or have you just tried to like sort of hit back in with the same vibe uh it changes it changes for me because obviously i'm trying to do a new show next year coming up and a lot of my material a lot of the stuff that i talk about is hanging out with people hanging out with their real yarns hanging out with friends family yeah dad is a is a good resource of <laughs> stupid stories. Yeah, and I haven't been able to hang out with these people, so that's uh, sort of affected it in that sort of way. But realistically, like I, I think you, I think you explained it really good, Heggy. You take your medicine, like you 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 just live in that 
the moment it, it happened, move on and do your job. Eleanor constantly says just because I'm like, I get really worried about, oh, I wonder if this is going to work. I don't know if this is funny. And Elle just goes, just be funny. That's your job. Like, <laughs> stop being a fucking idiot. But you <laughs> did mention the word job there and getting back to Mel's question. Like my work, for example, there was extra pressures and extra regulations, et cetera, day to day. But it didn't actually get affected as to whether I could actually go do it. You guys are in a field where you basically just couldn't yeah. do your job in a way. So that's got to yeah. be a different kind of pressure. Like getting back to Mel's question, that first moment where you thought, okay, this is really going to compress the industry for a period of time. What was that first period like? I, I tried to buy a pub. Did you? Did you? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you thought everybody'd right. be drinking. Yeah, well, I was like, what am I going to do? All right. Well, I want to own a pub now. That's my. It's going to be my new job. Did you I'll, think that people aren't be allowed to come into the pub? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was. It was just going to be you in the pub. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I call was, that an overreaction, though. It, it was to uh, save money in what alcohol I was buying. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a good when there's blood on the street. It's a good time to invest. Well, <laughs> it's true. They do say that, <laughs> uh, like genuinely. So yeah, there was a pub up for sale. It was going pretty cheap, obviously, because uh, the market's not very well at the moment. So I was like, well, that's that's what I do now. I own a I own a venue, and then I was thinking when comedy came back, we could have it as a comedy venue in mm. Wagga uh, and that type of stuff. It was I don't I do these jerk reactions. Um, that works on two levels, and I, I think, because <laughs> me and me and Eleanor always have a running joke that I'm going to pull up at the front of the home with a hot dog van and just go, "Me, me, get in. This yeah. is what we do now. Like yeah. we sell fucking hot dogs <laughs> on the road. And then, yeah. We're gone. We're and, gone. And then as soon as Elle gets in the car, I go, "Oh, and I've got a tour coming up, so you're going to have to take over, mate." Um, <laughs> I'll I'll be back in six weeks. <laughs> I thought for a second there you were talking about the home tavern, and I thought you'd probably be pulling up in a police van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, genuinely, it was the home tavern that we were looking at um, yeah. uh, as a venue, and then slash. But it got, ended up being bought by like Centrelink. So, what? Uh, yeah, the the people who were paying me at the time were the people who bought <laughs> my pub. What a yeah. what an investment for them. <laughs> so it was a bit of insider trading if you had bought it. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I think that's how that's how that works. It's, I think, yeah. That's, Was it a nice they, building? Yeah, it's it's really nice, but it's a lot. Like you get a there's a pub, a restaurant, car park, and upstairs um, like accommodation as well. Yeah, yeah. like it's huge. Seems like work. Yeah. Lots of work. It was yeah. It certainly would have been a lot of work um, for Eleanor. And, <laughs> yeah, for Elle, I would have been fine. I was, yeah. I would have been performing. It's not, I, but yeah, it's and it's probably a a good thing that I missed out on that buy because you know we've uh, shows are back and we've been doing more and more next year that's that's coming up. So it's, I certainly wouldn't be able to own a pub and do some of the shows that are coming up in twenty twenty one. Peggy, what's your backup career? What would you have like pivoted and diverted to if you had been? Oh, I did. I just went back to labouring. Did you? Yeah, I've been building all year. Have you? Since that, yeah, yeah. You could have built him a pub. Oh. You should have got together. <laughs> <laughs> One that's maybe not quite as big as the home. Maybe, maybe the little hot dog, hot dog van and just put a pub in it as you, well. You were, you were building before this went. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing building since I started comedy. Like it's not, comedy doesn't pay. Yeah. And previous very, to that, were you, I might have you confused, sorry, Luke, someone else, were you, were you life-saving? No. That, that wasn't you? Was Definitely that? not. 
don't even like life. I'm not going to save <laughs> other people's. <laughs> Fair enough. Anti-life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you were building basically out of school. Oh, no, not at all. I've only been doing that for, like, labouring for friends. Since I, I thought you'd coming. already done a big life pivot, but I might honestly have... Oh, that. yeah. No, I, I must have done 70-odd jobs before before comedy. And what were you doing right when you first started doing comedy? Was there a... Um, Sorry, mate, I've just got this comment. I swear I've heard you speak in the yeah, past about... Yeah, I was, I was working on a couple of shit television productions and I was at night time I was transcribing police interview videos for suspected oh, murderers. That's yeah. right. That was sick. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Really? Yeah, it was real good. Any uh, weird... Really yes. Weird? Yeah, every. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, actually, some of it's a bit boring. It's just a camera up in the corner of an interview room and you just got to type out what it what gets said. So, yeah, it goes for hours. And I was listening to uh, uh, another podcast that you were on, the, the your mug-off episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you were talking about this. Yeah. You were talking, and I love your philosophy of... <laughs> what? <laughs> just, if you, if you kill someone, just shut up. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, don't tell I your missus, that. don't tell anyone, and you'll probably get away with it. The cops are only very slightly cleverer than the, than the crims. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you're fine. Shut your mouth, you'll be fine. I don't even think they're clever. I think that they're just, they're able to talk to your mate. Like, Yeah, for sure. I think it's so... They man a phone until someone snitches on you. Yeah, yeah. I don't... In, in, in a way that that's clever. They just <laughs> sit at a desk, wait for that to ring. So They teach know, that at uni. Good I police think. work. I think they just go, yeah, it's, if you find someone dead, find their friend. They don't even have to find them. Old men with dogs find them. <laughs> <laughs> they literally just wait. They listen to podcasts. The dog is slightly cleverer. <laughs> yeah, every every time it was loose lips. Every every single one. So basically, if you're a criminal, just you have zero pride. Don't tell anybody, and you're cool. Yeah, well, it's hard not to tell anyone. Like, true psychopaths wouldn't, but anyone else, they always blab. Yeah, yeah wow. I didn't get my handgun license. Because there was too many restrictions around it. You had to competitively shoot 10 times a year, which I was like, all right, that's a big commitment. You can do that. But the one thing that tripped me up was they wanted your fingerprints. Oh. And I was like, oh, I have not done anything theoretically illegal yet, but I don't like the idea of them being able oh, to right. trace me. <laughs> you don't know where they've turned up in the past. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah. So I'm like, no, it's, that handgun's not that important to me. I'll just go with the old uh, rifle. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking I'm going to wear gloves when I shoot him. What are you saying? I don't know. I don't know. It was just like, what if, you know, I've got like, I'm pretty handsy. I could put, <laughs> I could put my fingers on something I shouldn't. And if they can trace me back, yeah. like, Josh, you know what I'm like. Yeah. I touch everything I'm not supposed to. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> Although I don't think Jane does wear an active wear. That's, that's just true. how it works. So my my lips and my fingers would probably get me in trouble, I think. The <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think I've got any criminal confessions other than I used to not smoke, but I supplied most of the middle of high school with cigarettes. Oh, nice. For about 12 months, yeah. We can't talk about where they came from. You make them? Yeah. Let's just say friend of a family friend. Oh, okay. Oh, Oh. yeah, you're getting snitched on now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying not to snitch on myself here. (laughs) (laughs) Have you done anything? Well, you're not going to tell us, Heggy, because... Why? Well, maybe you might. I don't care. Yeah, I've been fingerprinted. Have you? Yeah. Have you done anything illegal to garner such 
fingerprints or just yeah, that's why they do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not if you get a gun license. You could have your gun license. Oh no, absolutely not. Legally, no. It's just I grew up in Brisbane and I was on the tail end of the Joe era Queensland Police. Just just bash them and ask questions later. And I was um, I was peeing in a dirt car park middle of the night in the city. (laughs) Chucked in a van, mugshot, fingerprints, criminal record, indecent exposure. Oh wow. wow! Have that. Could have gotten nude and run through a kindy or something. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> worth it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it didn't. Do you ever reflect just and go, geez, I should have really made that worth my while? Well, not, yeah, not what I just said, but I could have, yeah. done, some, I could have done something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. I, yeah. have, have you um, got that, like, expunged or something? Can you can you go back on that? I don't know. I've never really looked into it. No, I don't you don't uh, need to, I, I suppose. It's, I don't want to street it cred. You're not uh, going for a I don't. I've never declared it or anything. I'll go on overseas and that. I'll never, yeah. never say, yeah, I've got record i don't think i think it is a time thing because that's 20 odd years 10 ago. years i yeah. think that's, I should that's not more it's like 25 <laughs> years ago yeah right so yeah i don't know it's um i think it's gone but i don't trust that it's gone surely your brain's gone to how would you hide a body yeah for sure <laughs> I, well again little little tip from the science this is this is harder with mobile phones this yeah. was oh this is 15 odd years ago so they were around but not as easy now to trace yeah. someone Australia's massive. Just do the work. Like, so many shallow graves. You think it's probably the most important night of your life. Dig a deeper hole. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Do the work. Stay so out all night. So Get digging. It. Yeah, I agree. What about, Dane, have you thought about this? I don't know whether this is an insight into where my brain goes or not, but. Um, I reckon, I don't know, I'm riffing now, but uh, don't don't do the work. Somebody else has done it. And bury them. Isn't that the old mafia thing? In the concrete? No, bury them in the in a grave that's already dug, and then cover them with a little bit of dirt. Oh yeah. And then the next day they get a, a coffin put on top of them. Yeah, I reckon that's I reckon that's for the movies. Yeah, I don't think you yeah, wander through the graveyard right. these days and see a perfect hole just waiting that's the right. night you've killed someone. Time you kill for when <laughs> yeah, there's a right. funeral coming. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, just go bush and do a, do it properly. I don't know. My brain brain goes a bit mad when I've got too much time on my hands and I used to work at Mars that's around here and I was in distributing of like pet food samples to consumers to test whether it was good or not and it was so boring and I was out in this shed where no one knew I was even there and I had this whole plan of how I could become a drug dealer (laughs) and I had couriers that I knew that were a bit sus and went to Wang and to Melbourne. I was like, yep, they're the ones I'll use and I can get it in those boxes and distribute through that. I can get drugs in from Melbourne because the same trucks come back and I had trusted people. And then I also knew (laughs) if, if shit went down, that on a Wednesday the rendering plant was open and I could hide the bodies in there. Oh, wow. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I, I didn't tell Dane about the criminality of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, well, that was, that wasn't hey, brought up. <laughs> I, it just popped into my head. I had that all thought out. I knew I could get in without cameras or anything like that. Oh. And it's sort of like I just, uh, you know, I don't want to be a drug dealer, but I like the idea of could I get away with it. I think my my enemies are old People, old white fellows, anyways, who don't like me. Yeah, they're close to death. I don't really need. You don't to. need to worry about I it. I think life will sort them out on the clock. Yeah, that <laughs> cancel themselves. Years or time will will be my victory. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's everyone travelling? Yeah, I really enjoyed 
editing this one thus far. It's just really funny. And being in a room with Dane and Luke, they're so different, but they're both so warm and they're both so funny that it was just a pleasure to have them in. I won't dwell on that too much and get all gushy. I did want to remind you guys once more just quickly that that was part one of our conversation with the guys and part two will come later this week. And one final plug, if you're a comedy fan, we'd really love to see you at these comedy gigs this weekend in Aubrey and Wagga. All the details, including the headliner, some links to Ivan's work. I've been watching some of it. He's really funny. And everyone I talk to tells me that he's a beast when you're in the room with him. So he's worth the price of admission alone. Ticket details, show times, etc. for Aubrey on Gen 22nd and Wagga on Gen 23rd can be found in the notes for today's episode. So wherever you're listening to this, just click on one of the links there and grab yourself a ticket. If you can't make it, but you know someone who might be able to, or they're a big comedy fan, give them a shout and let them know about this episode, or just let them know about the gig itself, and or both. That would be great. Okay, we'll talk to you again in part two. And thanks to everyone who does come out to the show. I hope that, A, that maybe I can make you laugh (laughs) during my set, but also make sure you come up and yeah, say good day. I'd love to meet you. Okay. For me and Mel, thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.